0: To Bleeding Edge interviews. I am your host, Super Dave. Thank you for joining me as I spend some time talking to the people responsible for all the amazing music you hear on Bleeding Edge on Toxic Radio. This is where we get a little bit of insight into the minds of the people who are making the choice on a regular basis to deviate from the norm and push the boundaries of rock and metal. You know, it's, it's not often I get caught sleeping and am way behind the times on a band, but I have to admit, We Came From Space has snuck up on me, and they've been around for a while so far, and I'm just now finally climbing on board with their latest album, Overlords, and I I marvel at how they have kept themselves underground. I'm sure it was not on purpose, and they've been working to expand their audience, and and I think this is an album that's about maybe too ready to break them i was lucky enough to have some time to sit down and speak with half of the band bill hubauer and dave Bizzard, the gentlemen handling keyboards and guitar for the band respectively and our conversation ran the gamut from talking about the new album to talking about touring to talking about the differences between British and American frogs as well as you know what that those little things that happen in life that help guide us to where we are now and, and the inspirations that help them develop the the sound that is uniquely we came from space so here's my conversation with Phil Hubauer and Dave Bazaar of We Came From Space. So <laughs> well, I appreciate you gentlemen for joining me. It's very nice of you to give me some time, talk a little bit about. So I, I got to say, I, I have to admit, I, I don't know how I have been remiss over the last several years, but uh, We Came From Space has been gliding under my radar for the for those years. So I am a newcomer.
1: You I'm and last... millions of other people, it, it's been uh, <laughs> it's been evading, so...
0: Gotcha. And I, I've been digging into the music, getting into uh, hearing what you guys are about, and really uh, enjoying it. I was sharing with my girlfriend the other day as well. She's a prog nerd like myself. So uh, we get into this kind of stuff. And so, you know, it's like, wow, how have I been missing out? And and I guess the question becomes, uh, I guess I wonder somewhere along the line, do you think COVID contributed to that? Because you kind came out a little bit before that, and it I get the impression the second album, this one, the second full length anyway, uh, really got interfered with a little bit because of that.
2: Well, technically, this is our third full length album under Ooh. under the name We Came From Space. Uh, and that's an interesting, it doesn't really bother me that people don't r- realize that, but I think it's, I find it interesting. Uh, we did uh, a first album called How To Be Human in two 2000- thousand. 13 but only dave and i were that were uh in that lineup so we had a different drummer and different bass player and and the music was quite a bit uh different sounding uh we we weren't fully embracing the the prog world at that time we had some stuff that was kind of like prog adjacent as they say but uh i think it's a very interesting album i think there's some really cool stuff on it um, very proud of it but yeah. it is quite a bit different
0: okay um
2: i, got but to I, answer your say, question, I usually
0: don't drop my <laughs> ball in research but yes look at that i did okay yeah. i failed my bad <laughs> yeah,
2: that's okay but the uh the answer to your question uh i don't think really covid slowed us down that much i think yeah. we're just we're just slow right <laughs> okay <laughs> what do you what do you think
1: i i totally agree um we're we're spread out over uh quite a bit of geography here in western Pennsylvania and just you know and we kinda of work methodically. We 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 don't we don't rush ourselves. We don't have I guess we're fortunate that we don't have a label or anything pushing us along to get product out. Uh Bill has pretty heavy uh recording and touring schedule with Neil Morse band. Yeah. Um and I play in bands around Pittsburgh here so keeps you busy. Uh, yeah yep. yeah and it uh, it. It kind of makes the pace just we just have to deal with it so we don't we don't hassle ourselves or or the process.
2: Yeah. I think maybe we probably I mean it's it's it averages between four and five years between albums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's about, yeah. Uh like Yeah. So I think uh if COVID had happened, we probably would have gotten it out about a year sooner. I right. mean, but but relatively well, that's why speaking. we stuck
1: the EP out because we had some songs yeah. ready and we just yeah. we just kind of wanted to have a little uh, a COVID present for folks.
0: Nice. Yeah. I, I love when people anticipate my follow up questions, which was whether or not the EP was a, a little bit of restlessness, a little bit of impatience, knowing that things were going to be delayed and just wanting to have something out there for people.
1: Restlessness is probably a, a, a great term for it. Dave.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Everybody else was putting out. Here's their, you know, here's our, you know, pandemic, you know, release and, and lockdown release or whatever. So we thought, well, we should, we should get some, uh, put out some good vibes into the world. So nice.
0: And it leads me to question too, because I know you guys said you're kind of spread out a little bit geographically. I, and I know there are bands that have adapted to that kind of living, especially in this this you know interconnected digital world where you can do a lot more recording remotely. Is that something that you've been in the habit of doing uh, to deal with the geographic uh, distance or is that something you guys normally just find some time to get together in one spot?
1: We get together two or three of us at a time. Um, I, I don't like to just submit tracks. You know, from on my own. I've done that with a couple of little projects. And it's like, I always think I submit too much or too little. And uh, Bill is a a great producer of my content. You know, so if I go, hey, you know, I throw three ideas at him. He's like, pursue that one. Yeah. So that that helps. And I like having a guy, you know, within punching distance, like, you know. <laughs> Yeah,
2: do that or don't do that. So, right, yeah, and I feel that, I mean with the with the Neil Morse band, we write together in a room, but then and then we get like the basic tracks done. But we go home and everybody does everything separately. Uh, and there are advantages to to that. But um, I like being in a room with people. I like to have you know Dave. Would you hey Will you come sit with me while I record these keyboard parts? Yeah, you know just because I think. There's a lot of indecision paralysis that happens. It's like I don't, you know, I don't know which one to do or which way to go with it. And if somebody else is there to give you a nudge, it really helps.
0: It's it's good to have that added feedback. with right. a bit yeah. of uncertainty, yeah. In, in real time, yeah, yeah. Now, did you have to make adapt- adaptations to to uh, the COVID world, or did you just basically put things on pause till you could get back together again, or did you just work throughout to an extent? Uh, I don't really remember. Throughout.
2: Yeah, yeah. I honestly, don't remember what at what stage of the process we were in. I think we had already we'd already recorded all the drums for the new album. That's true. And I think probably I made some progress on my own, but other than that, we probably were mostly on pause. Yeah, makes sense. It's... But but we're but we're also in a fairly rural area mm-hmm. and. Honestly, it, it covid wasn't as big of a concern here as it would have been other places. Uh we weren't that reluctant to get together.
1: And I'm in healthcare so I was able to like if I was going to run up to bills for a day, I could I could do a swab in the morning, make sure
0: I was good to go in and then run up to his place. Nice. That's Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I guess that's <laughs> thus the term paramedic on the screen I see there. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Uh, and so I'm curious, you know, with all of that going on, in, in the process of going from the beginnings of developing Overlords to the final product, with all that time in between, did did you find the your focus on the album and your inspirations behind it shifting a bit? Did, did it become a very different animal by the time it was done than when you started?
1: Um, I personally try not to. Have too much influence, too many outside influences that are current, changing tides. Um, I just, you know, whatever is in my heart and you know, brain is is what comes out.
2: Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it had a a, a big impact on it. I was amazed, you know, when we did when we did while you were away, because it, it took about the same amount of time. A little over 4 years to to get out the door and i remember thinking i can't i can't believe we didn't get bored with this uh before it was out maybe that means it's it's not bad <laughs> you know <laughs> uh it held our attention for 4 years um and then we said well but we're going to do the next album really fast we're going to just crank it out and then 4 years later here we <laughs> are so. man planned, it was the same.
0: god laughs yeah
2: i had the yeah had the same thought you know i didn't i really enjoyed listening to it when it was done i didn't i wasn't sick of it
0: yeah and i I imagine that's encouraging when you're writing stuff Mm -hmm. if you at least enjoy it by the time you're done and haven't gotten tired of it to know what happens there you you can go okay i can feel good about this when it comes out talk about your inspirations a little bit that did go into developing i i know that the two daves And amusingly, where I work, there are two Daves. We're both supervisors, so we actually made a logo. But the two Daves seem to handle most of the lyrical duty. Um, I knew as I scrolled through there that, Bill, you jumped in on one of the tracks there. Of course, I've forgotten which one already immediately. That's what my brain does to me. But how do you approach your, your composition? How do you guys... Do you bring the lyrics up front and write a song around them? Do you... Take music and then go, "Ooh, this would fit these lyrics, or you do something entirely different
1: i'm not sure how Dave Hawk does it. Uh, you have to speak to him about that. I have piles and piles of notebooks with little ideas <laughs> i don't like to flesh anything out too because I, I don't ever want to try to fit something into something when it it's not organic, yeah, so I have all these little ideas. I prefer to have a song pretty much fleshed out with even knowing where the little musical interludes are going to happen so that I can work around those and the music complements the lyrics, the lyrics comp- complement the music. And there's no, there's no conflict, you know, cause sometimes like when you listen to an album, you go, "Boy, he really tried to fit that line in there, didn't he? <laughs> you know, uh, to me anyway, that, that's maybe that's some insight I think I have that I, that I mm-hmm. don't, but yeah. you know, we all know, we, but we all know when something sounds natural yeah. and that's, mm. I try to do that. But so to that end, you know, um, I don't sit around and, and just like, Oh, Hey, I wrote a song, you know, pretty much I, I I'll come up with a piece, yeah. you know? And then it's like, um, I don't like, I don't like to bring a completed song to the group. Cause then everyone's like, wait, wait what do you want me to do?
2: You know? Yeah. We, um, We've done that in the past. I mean, I know I, I brought in complete songs, um, but we always get the most satisfying results. If you just bring in an idea, like, okay, I got this really cool riff, or I got this, I got this uh, chorus part. Can we come up with uh, you know, the rest of the song around it? And then, you know, we, you just kind of jam, mm-hmm. and you come up with spontaneous ideas, and you have the, you know, you have the tape rolling when you're just messing around. And then you go back through and you say, "Well, that was a really cool thing we did. let's sort of let's now let's develop that and refine that as a group and a lot of the a lot of the stuff works like that, and that's usually the best stuff I think,
1: yeah and and then there's the flip side of that, like, hmm, you got anything else <laughs> It's like you know they're not all winners that we throw out there, you know?
0: yeah but and that's where it helps to be continually creating yeah and just and, just swirling and being things away, yeah. And and I really feel it's funny you, you mentioned keeping the lyrics two ideas and a little sparse at least in terms of that initial idea and letting them grow gener- uh not generically, damn it, Dave. What's the word you want? <laughs> organically, organically, I think. Organically, so. thank you. <laughs> Different words in the grocery store. Um organically from the
1: one, one aisle is much cheaper than the other, Dave. <laughs> yeah,
0: really. <laughs> one I can afford and the other one's slowly killing me. <laughs> Um, but the idea that I, I've, cause I've heard that where, where so clearly somebody had some lyrics and they really wanted to fit that into the song and the phrasing becomes, I guess we'll say awkward.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and, and I appreciated that very much listening through overlords in particular, where there was never that moment where I felt like, boy, they really just were trying to squeeze that in the way it was written.
1: Yep. The it mm-hmm. into that line. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's nicely, it, it's really very nicely done. I mean, I I know one of the descriptions of the band style as a whole was kind of prog pop. And in that sense, it flows because you, you got solid hooks in there. You've got things that are memorable and, you know, you can, you can sing along to without necessarily having uh, operatic training. Right.
1: Yeah. Thank you. And we appreciate that because part of the, you know, Part of the the pop aspect is, you know, pop songs are easily digestible and they stay with you. A, a good one does. Yeah. You know, and uh and and I don't see anything wrong with bringing that element, you know, into this kind of music.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I've got to say that more than a lot of things I've heard recently uh, that would maybe fit under that genre umbrella, or actually, honestly, for me, any umbrella, because I don't listen to anything that would be pop-oriented radio anyway. Um, but it's I, I I found the melodies in your music really sticking with me and kind of repeating it, you know, it got an earworm thing going on here. So, you know, that's I think when you've you've actually been quite effective. Oh good. That's good to hear. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we had a guy one time say, uh, you know, please don't take this stuff this the wrong way, but your stuff kind of sounds commercial. We're like, Okay, that's that's not an insult. I don't know when that ever became an insult. You
0: know. Yeah, yeah. it's it's I'm sure it's not necessarily a, a business you're in purely for charity <clears throat> reasons. So you want to make a little bit of uh, of a living off of it. And at the same time, you want to do it the way you want to do it, clearly. Otherwise, you will be.
2: But we want to connect I, with people.
0: Yeah. So. yeah.
2: I like I like uh, the puzzle of putting music together. And I'm always really interesting interested in how can I, how can we make this really interesting and, and they're really accessible at the same time, something accessible, but you can sort of million times and not get tired of it because you still hear little interesting things or, you know, I'll do, how can I, how can I do a key change where nobody realizes it's happening or, you know, just, you know, little games that you kind of work out, you know, as you're putting the, the, the songs together.
0: Yeah. So a little way to challenge yourself in the creative process. Mm-hmm. Which I always like to ask when when people have just come out with a with a new collection, new album. Was there anything in particular you tried, in which you wanted to expand yourself on this on this go around on this album? than what you tried to push yourself out of your comfort zone and do something you'd never done before?
2: Yeah, well, it was um, more. I'm okay. good. No, go ahead, Bill. You got. It. I was. Uh, well, there are more extended instrumental sections i think on on this one uh and some of them were based on improvisations that we did as a group and then we would kind of refine them after the fact uh, so because we would keep in mind we were never really a live band we just played we just wrote songs and recorded them and but when we we've these jam sessions and this really you get the right guys together and you're in the right frame of mind you can make some really interesting things happen and I kept saying, man, it really, like, the best stuff that we play is, like, never gets recorded. It's like, we're just jamming and just, you know, having these, like, amazing out-of-body experiences while you're playing together. So we were we really wanted to try to capture more of that vibe, but it's really hard. And I think, I don't think we fully captured that. I think we could try again on the, on the next album. Uh, but I think there's a lot of the best moments on the album, I think, were the result of improvisations as a group. So we did uh, at least achieve some of that, I think.
0: And does, is that uh, that kind of approach a little bit something you expect? Because my understanding is you're, you're planning to tour this time around. So when you play it live, <clears throat> that's something where you're inclined to say, let's stay true to the recording or something <laughs> to say, you know what? We've got a framework in the recording, but let's keep it improvisational during the shows.
2: That's funny. That's kind of a, easier said than done we've said those exact words that we want to let's use this sort of as a framework and but we'll keep these big sections kind of open and just let anything happen but now we've still been sort of in a supporting act role we haven't done any 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 full shows ourselves yet yeah uh so we haven't had enough time in our in our concerts to expand and allow these organic things to happen uh, but we're planning on it, and so my, we're going to be introducing. Uh, it, we're going to start working on um, putting "She's the Bomb" and "Atomic Blues" into the set, and the whole end part, "Atomic Blues." is like how much of that do we play as is, and yeah. how much of it do we let be free form? And and I think we'll I think we'll find a good mix of that but we're looking forward to to trying to leave these big sections open. Or whatever might happen. Yeah. Of course the the bad side is is for every great inspired performance you have, you might have
0: one that's like <laughs> not that great. <laughs> that's the world of live music. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh when do you find it most difficult to to improv? When when do you do you ever find a time where you're kind of going, oh I got a little block here or uh, I don't even know how to describe it because honestly not a musician myself. But I think there got to be moments here and there, chord changes, key changes, uh, tempo changes. You know what what things tend to throw you off the most, or you just kick ass on all of them.
1: <laughs> We'd love to say, you know, yeah, we just kick ass on all of it. Uh, <laughs> but it's like a conversation, and you know, sometimes there's lulls in conversations where you don't know, you don't have the the next little topic that's going to be the conversation starter. Yeah, so you try to you try to keep a little vocabulary back, like. Oh, uh, you know, I I haven't asked about about what the kids are up to. So, you know, that could spur an entire you know, another part of the conversation. So to, to have a little common vocabulary with that you could you could go to and be like, Oh yeah, you know, Bill Bill's gonna do this, or you know, oh here's that drum pickup that that stimulates, you know, this part of the you know, gives us another idea for a jam. So
2: Yeah, that's a good analogy, I think. I, I, I thought about that. The the worst thing that can happen is is when you are too pressured to either we only have a limited time so we can't jam too long. That'll stifle creativity. Or uh or if you or if you recently had a really good one and now you're trying to recreate it. You're trying to make it happen again. If you try really hard to make it happen again, it usually doesn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you can't force that's it exactly right yeah. you can only have that first date one time so yeah, that, but, yeah that's but good then that's you really have to find other things to talk about yeah yeah that's that's an excellent description i like that i love analogies <laughs> so i think if there was anything that that i don't want to say disappointed but maybe a little disappointed me with the album is not a single lyric after reading the website not a single lyric mentioned lizardmen. now i'm not sure how that happened <laughs> that's awesome, that's awesome. I'm curious. Are are one of you two responsible for the text on the on the website?
1: Probably.
2: Actually, I don't remember who wrote. Again, the two Daves are are usually the ones who would Mm -hmm. take the lead and sort of that fictional, fun, yeah, you know, thing. And 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 obviously, it's very deliberate that we don't take ourselves too serious. Right. But I can't remember who wrote that big diatribe on, on on the website about the lizard man and the, uh if you haven't read it recently dave it's it's pretty funny is it really just, I'll, I'll check it I out it. i just read it i uh, it's couple weeks amazing
0: ago. and there's a little easter egg at the end of it and i'm curious if people can get a prize when they pick up on this but the reference to the completion forward principle from the intro to the tube song uh talk to you later right and just, it just gets snuck in at the very end and i went wait a minute did they just throw in a tubes reference? Yes, they did. <laughs> like, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. I
2: don't yeah. We'll have to, you'd have to reread it. I'm sure. I'm sure that was very deliberate. And, yeah. and there's the, uh, there's actually, I'm just going to say this there. There are some, in one of the songs on the new album, there are a lot of clues in the lyrics about something mm. that nobody has picked up on yet, which is maybe good. Hmm. Let it let it go for a while, but there's a it's it's a bit of obscure it's a it's a kind of an obscure prog prog reference, but uh, I'm hoping someday somebody will figure it out.
0: All right, <laughs> I'll consider that a challenge. At Thank least I, I want credit for the tubes reference. I'll send you my email, uh, yeah. send you my prize uh, when you get around to it. There, <laughs> it, but actually, the just the wackiness of it. It uh, I would say if anything, comparative of two websites and band styles. If there's a double bill I ever want to see, it's you guys. And thank you scientists, because the sense of humor just blend perfectly. And I'm going, I would love it. Um, But I'm curious. Yes. And, and very different styles and very sounds like in, in you guys, I hear this, this, this blend of influences. And I, and at times I love to hear it. Like you don't sound just like anybody else. Yeah, from here and there, I, I hear a little tone. I hear a little segment mm-hmm. of a of a musical idea, or I hear something that just takes me to something else. Um, so I'm very curious in terms of your your musical backgrounds and and your your inspirations. Like you know, I, I hear a lot of '70s proggy, poppy, jazzy stuff. Um, and and again, now of course I. I was trying to commit it to memory because it's still new, but I don't remember which one. And I almost want to say reputation, but I don't know. No, wait, empty space. Immediately hits me with a steely Dan feel to it. Uh, yeah, and, uh, we hear that. Hmm? Uh, we've
1: yeah. heard that several times about that. And um, and, and that's, that's great that that hits people that way. Um, we heard kind of this, like in the early writing process, I know that we were thinking like uh, like when Todd Rundgren does a pop thing, it it will have that sort of sort of leaning, and that's you know you know that's six degrees from Steely Dan anyway. Yeah,
2: um, I mean, and, so you know, but, Dave and I, um, I mean, we we were we went to high school together and we were best friends and mm-hmm. and uh, would go to, you know to each other's houses with our stack of records and. And we were and 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 it was one of those things where we would we would listen to our friends' records whether we immediately were into it or not. And and that sort of like, you know, I'm gonna play this one and then and then you play me that one. And and so you started to appreciate different we came at it from very different directions, I think, initially. And uh so but we have each other's sort of DNA, musical DNA spliced onto our, our own. And there's a lot of all kinds of you know stuff from the 70s and early 80s for sure in the mix and it all you know you can't deny that stuff it comes out in different ways yeah but definitely you know like uh there'd be things that you know like i was when i was a teenager i was really into i went through a southern rock phase and so i was really into molly hatchet and leonard skinner and blackfoot and you That's... know all that stuff and then and then that evolved into you know sort of the the uh, late seventies, early eighties, sort of like proto prog, you know what I call it, like you know groups like or or gateway prog groups like Sticks, and and then got into Kansas, and then yeah. then started going back into the the deeper cuts of the early seventies, and and uh, you know we would do one time one time Dave and I uh, see this is you would go to the record store and you would just buy stuff because of the cover looked cool. You yep. had no idea what it was. And it almost rarely got burned. It was usually, usually you usually liked it. And uh, and if you didn't like it, I paid, you know, fifteen bucks for this, I'm gonna like it. And you would play it. You would play it until you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we were in I find the, that you really it, bonded with one or two songs yeah. that it was like, yeah. This is this is great, you know. And uh so you know, we just were open to you know, just we were just really open to all different kinds of styles and soaked up a lot of stuff. Yeah.
0: Bit of a spirit of exploration, you know, the the adventurism, you know.
1: Yeah. And and like FM radio at the time in the late 70s and early 80s, when we were little kids, you know, it was, it was nothing to hear like nitty gritty dirt band followed by Genesis, followed by Aerosmith. You know, it was, and, you know, and then uh, some stations might play once one entire side of a yes album, you know, so it was like this this freeform rock thing where just everything was you know it w- it was just all rock and roll, so it was yeah. like uh, so when you're a kid at that age getting getting all those influences, it just you know it makes things easier to listen to,
0: i think yeah yeah, it really was in particular, I think a great time in those late seventies, early eighties for that kind of variety that that there's different sounds, there's different influences that could yeah. just all blend together. And you, people just liked all of them all together. And it wasn't a matter of, you know, are you a metalhead? Are you uh, a goth right. kid? Are you anything like that? We weren't maybe necessarily differentiating ourselves so much. Just it, it was right. music. And that's about it. Yep. And that's one of the influences I love about Prague. And, and especially what you guys are doing, because there's that, you can feel all of that coming together. It's it's not, something that sounds like anybody else, and yet you hear influences of so right. many other things at the same time. And I I've always enjoyed that for for whatever reason. It's like when you can kind of hear that and go, wow, okay, that's cool. Next wing you segued into something else and it's it's now a whole different thing. You know, I think a good example there, she's the bomb atomic blues, you know, like all of a sudden it segues in that midsection into this bluesy improv, you know, that that's just so mm-hmm. cool. It's like all of a sudden this big change up that is uh, you know yeah. You can just chill for a little bit, you know, and
2: I like yeah that. the first you know the first part of the in, the in those the front half of the song compared to the back half of the song are are very, very different yeah and and uh that's one of the one of the reasons I like you know I like doing that stuff is to just keep it changing all the time
0: and actually, as I was thinking about this stuff and kind of putting it together it it struck me because I know to an extent I think like you mentioned sticks and, and Kansas and it sort of hit me, the the concept of American Prague. And then I thought, well, wait a minute, is American Prague really different than British Prague? Maybe they are, maybe they're not I'm going, wow, I never really, all this time I've never <clears> gave much thought to the potential distinction of that. And I thought, well, I'm going to ask you guys what you think.
2: <laughs> I think it's different. I think it's different in, in sort of this, um, how do I say it without upsetting somebody? Uh, <laughs> um, the good luck, friend. There's, there's sort of this, and, and and I've talked to Brits who would completely agree with me mm-hmm. that you know the, who I've heard some Brits say like, well, you know, only only England has produced real Prague because only English people are you know pompous enough to to do this. <laughs> sort of highbrow you know thing uh i, I forget how the how it was worded but, but i think it was more yeah american prog was more um more down to earth wasn't as lofty in in, in concept i think mm. um and so the the maybe the music a lot of similarities in the music but i think lyrically there was a, a huge difference the just the the collective uh zeitgeist of, of the English people you know when you grow up there and it's just a very different uh, thing
1: and, and it's it's a, a proven statistic that exactly three more girls like American Prague than British <laughs> <American> Prague <laughs> that could be about right which brings I mean the total is still very low but, yeah. uh, but yeah. you know Ameri- American Prague wins on that <laughs>
0: I, I can I can vouch for that, although I would say probably most of my shows were were Canadian prog shows because I was a huge Rush fan. So oh, right on. that was where do you come down
1: with Max Webster.
0: Uh, didn't have that opportunity. What did my camera decide to do there? Yeah, also? Oh, well, fuzzy. Uh, Oh there I am. <laughs> you thought you're about to pass out. I've not yes. had to do that before. But then again, the sun went down here, so I think it got very dark quickly. So <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it was just an interesting thought of of wow, it, like, I can't believe I've got to this age and never had that thought enter my head of the difference between the two types of products. So it's very curious, and thought you know what, I've got a couple guys here who are not that far from my age, I would say, and maybe they'd have some opinions on yeah. that. So, what are your thoughts about touring behind this album? Where, how, how extensive do you expect this to be? Have you our uh, plans starting to to develop uh, where are you at with that
1: well we've we've been out um okay uh, we opened for uh american Prague giants slash best kept secret uh crack the sky hmm. we did a show with them in november so if uh, i mean if you want to listen to part of our dna from when we were kids the first three crack the sky albums are are definitely in there and uh we did just last week, we did the first two shows of the new
0: Winery Dogs Tour. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And but, uh, you know what? Yeah. I ended up having to miss that, damn it.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. We are doing, uh, we're just, you know, we're just doing some regional support shows at the moment because we don't quite have a whole show worked up yet. Uh, I don't know. I don't think uh, we'll do any, like, traditional touring um, just circumstantially at this point in our lives. It's, it's difficult. Right. To do that um uh but uh some uh we're we're trying to uh create enough of a buzz that we can get on like a lot of the festivals or um you know and 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 doing more closer to home shows anything we can drive to without too much trouble you know uh but we'll see we're open to you know we're not ruling anything out we're just trying to think about what's realistic right
0: So it's not one of those things you're thinking of as getting yourself a tour bus and doing an extensive cross-country thing. It's a little more low-key then.
2: Yeah, we're not not thinking about that, but who knows. Uh, It's just the economics. It's just not, you know, the industry is so tough these days, and and none of us are doing music full-time. So um, that means, you know, taking three weeks to do a tour, uh, you know, is challenging with our other schedules right
0: and I've certainly heard uh, multiple places where it's you know the, the touring is is really difficult these days the expense is there and if you've got a bus or things like that you're paying for diesel and if you think gasoline is bad diesel's even worse yeah, right and it's not easy um so it's it's you know I'm glad you've got the shows you've been able to get and and I'm hoping I don't know if you get to the other end of the state here over towards Philly where I'm at which I think you might've just been right. And that's just, yeah. yeah, I'm sure if I was behind or ahead on the date, I knew I ended up having to miss it, unfortunately. So shoot, I I would have gotten you guys as well. Uh, My luck does not play out well sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So how was that though? How, How, you know, like now that you're, you're doing that and, and taking part in a tour, supporting a band of that size. What, you know, well, how was, how was that received by everybody? How was that, Experienced by you um i I had a very good time um, and
1: by all accounts, we were w- very well received I mean our merch table went great guns, just like <laughs> the report was people leaving in the middle of our set to go over and buy a cd and come nice. you know and then back into the you know
2: so the it was been a long time since I've had to play music in front of uh an unfamiliar audience an audience where it didn't know who we were or what the music was and you had to win them over you know we always say they love you before you play a note because they didn't come to hear a crappy band they came to hear bands that they would that they like even though they don't know you they want to like you they want it to be good so if you don't give them a reason to dislike you they're going to like you uh but it doesn't mean that your style and music is going to connect with them. But I think there was enough of an overlap uh, with, you know, enough um, fans of, of Mike Portnoy, you know, even though that winery dogs, isn't a prog band, he's, you know, a lot of his fans like prog. So, yeah. okay. They, they might like us. Um, and, uh, and we had a, a surprising number of people, surprising to me, uh, fans of ours come to the shows, you know, cause you don't really know, it's hard to tell how many people are out there are really enjoying what you're doing enough to come see you play, you know, or travel far, and you know, m- many hours in some cases to come see us play for, you know, 35 minutes. Um, right. But uh, we had a lot of people come. So it was, it was a very encouraging. I'm
0: glad to hear that. It was
2: satisfying. Yeah. It, was, it was, it was, it was, it was really in some ways more satisfying to do that than to play for an adoring audience.
0: You know yeah. what I mean? Okay. Well, I guess so, right? Because, because if you f- yeah. feel that success winning them over, like you talked yeah. about, I imagine yeah. that's really satisfying versus knowing, oh, they love everything here to begin with. That's why they're here. Mm-hmm. All I got to do is not screw it up. Right. right. Exactly.
1: I remember, like, as a young concert goer, always seeing bands like in at the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh. And they were bands that were very well established and the crowd was right there with them. And then in like 86 or 87, I saw living color in this basement of, of a smaller venue, they weren't even in the main room of this smaller venue. They were in the basement and they were there to try to win everybody over and turn them into a living color fan. And the vibe just knocked me out. And I was like, holy cow, that's, that's, that's a band, you know? And so, you know, I like, you know, I like
0: that kind of challenge that, you know,
1: you're going to like us whether you like us, whether you know it or not, you know.
0: Nice way to go into it. Yeah. I imagine, and I've never asked this question of anybody, but I imagine the best closest comparison I have in my own personal experience goes back to high school when I was in drama club. And, you know, I was very good at learning my lines. I was first out of the book. Some plays we did multiple times over and over and over again until I was sick of them. Um, and so I always knew what I was doing, where I was going, what was going to happen. But in the time preceding the beginning of that show, I just walked around with my fingers, my toes tingling, and my stomach gurgling and all that stuff. I, I, and I still, to a degree, still experience that kind of pre-performance jitters. And I'm mm-hmm. curious, is that the same for you guys? Does that work for you?
1: I'm always anxious to play. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm nervous, but I'm I'm anxious to get out there. And, uh, you know, that come across, comes across with that. You know, there's a, there's, there's an anxiety that goes with that.
2: Right. I'm I'm a little nervous until we play the first. So we start playing just maybe more so concerned about technical problems. You know, a lot of times, a lot of bad things can happen between sound check and time to play. You come out and stuff's not working, you know. Uh but um yeah, not too much. Not too
0: much. Have you already started about thinking where you go from here? We're really focused on
2: on building out the building out our eh, there's my alarm. We're really focused on building out the the full show. We don't we have like, you know, not even half a show yet really. Uh and getting that together and starting to do do more regional shows for sure. We're looking, um, uh, trying to generate some excitement for for Prague and, and our region. Uh, you know, yeah. putting together uh, uh, Prague Night. You know, where we have like bring in like a, I guess somebody's an EF tribute band that are really good from in the New York area, and maybe they can come in and we'll do a show with them, or you know, things like that, and just sort of kind to get people more interested not just in us but in the in the genre and locally
0: yeah Yeah, i think that's a great idea and i think there's i think there's a market out there for it i'd like to see more of these prog festivals are happening all over the uk why not the us as well right all right guys appreciate your time thank you very much tonight again i could talk for hours and hours with anybody Mm -hmm. about this kind of stuff it's It's so good yeah so hey i wish you the best i hope the album is wildly successful everything i've read in terms of reactions to it so far has been really positive, positive. And, and again, it's one of those things I'm shocked, I'm like, how have I not heard the name before this, but uh, you know what? You won me over. Uh, didn't see a live. Yeah. But you won me over, you got a new fan here, and I'm sure you got more coming. Right on. Thanks, so. Dave.
2: Thanks, Dave. Yeah.
0: Okay, bye. Take care. Best wishes. Thanks for having us. You're welcome, anytime. Well, truly, just a pair of gentlemen in that uh, true prog mode, uh, bringing together varied and, and eclectic experiences and inspirations into a band that just fuses them all together that is something that i guess i would describe as at once familiar and at the same time unique just in the in the way that they pull together those diverse inspirations and it's a discovery i've been very happy to make myself recently and i encourage you to go out and check out we came from space overlords the album is out now their two prior albums are also out so this is their third album as they noted in the conversation. So check them all out, get to know them well. If you're lucky enough, you will get to see them out live. I missed my opportunity, damn it. Nonetheless, I will be following them from here on out. I wish them all the best with the album and all the best with the touring, and I look forward to everything they're going to be doing in the future. Uh, these guys have got something special going on, and they've been kept secret way too long. Thanks once again to Bill Hubauer and Dave Bizarre of We Came From Space. Really appreciate you guys giving me your time. Best of luck to you in the future. Oh, and before I forget, for those of you out there listening who have not gone to their website, (laughs) wecamefromspace.net, absolutely go check it out. It is absolutely worth your time just to read their story and the band bios. Trust me on this. Go check it out. Thank you for joining me once again for Bleeding Edge interviews. Just a quick reminder you can find me on social media Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you haven't already, please check out my other interviews. They are available wherever you find podcasts. Just search under Toxic Radio. And of course, they're always available at toxicradio.net. Meanwhile, remember, Bleeding Edge is on Sundays at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern, right in the middle of the Brain Salad Sunday. Where we featured all day long frog rock, frog metal, anything that pushes the boundaries. This is Super Dave signing off.